Welcome to this Steady Hand podcast. I'm Tom Bradley, and today I'm joined by our manager of our small cap equity fund, Will Witherich. And uh, Will comes to us from Montreal. He's been uh, up at Whistler getting a couple days of skiing in before we put him to work here in Vancouver. So we wanted to grab him and talk about the small cap fund specifically and just his views on investing uh, very generally. And, and Will, I can't, I can't start this off by not getting your, cont- or your, your views or your uh, perspective on what's been going on. Obviously, 08 was a tough, tough year. The fund was down uh, roughly 30%, although relative to its peers, it'll be in the top 10 or even 5%. But just more broadly, uh, as, as you look back on your career and look at what we're going through now, can you give us any kind of thoughts, thoughts and wisdom? Well, thoughts, yes. Wisdom, I'm not so sure. But um, it's interesting. When I started the business in 99, 2000s, you could have done great by just avoiding two or three or four sectors. Uh, The acronym frequently thrown at those was TMT, so technology, media, and telecom stocks, which I never really was interested in at the time because I, I just couldn't buy any of the valuations I saw out there. Oh, uh, it was obviously very different. I mean, everything was thrown out, babies, bath water, and maybe the bathtub also. Um, there, there was no easy way to sidestep what had happened. So we, like uh, virtually every other manager out there, got taken down with uh, the declines that we saw out there. But I guess what I would say is I'm not so sure the businesses that we own were taken down in the same fashion. So... Of the 16 stocks, uh, let's call it the 15 core holdings that we have in the steady hand portfolio, I, th- I continue to think these are all generally pretty good businesses. There may be one or two that are kind of on the close watch list that we uh, have to be careful with, but the other 13 or 14, I think, are what I call survivors and thrivers. And it's funny, we, we hear those words more and more on the, in the media nowadays. Is I've always sort of thought of businesses that way, I guess. And, um, again, I think the stocks that are in the portfolio are just generally survivors and thrivers, good balance sheets, uh, the ability to throw off uh, free cash flow, niches that are defensible and product margins that should if maybe get punished somewhat but should be uh, quite sustainable, I think, throughout this, this downturn that we're seeing. Well, I know you're not uh, a market prognosticator, and indeed that's uh, one of the reasons we wanted you to manage our fund, because you're a bottom-up manager. But um, just before we get into some specific names, what is the opportunity set? Are you seeing lots more companies that are showing up on your screens as being attractive? I'd have to say yes. Again, people ask me about the market all the time, and I usually say I don't know. And and that's really sort of uh, a comment meant to deflect people from thinking that overall market indices are important. They're, sure, they may appear important day-to-day, but they are, uh, I don't think, all that important in terms of long-term investing. What I think is more important is is the health of individual businesses. And again, as I stated earlier, many of them could be quite significantly affected by this environment, but Many of them also I don't think will be that uh, steeply uh, affected. Uh, I think there are many good businesses out there that should be able to maintain themselves throughout this downturn. So, again, thinking from the bottom up, I think there are more good valuations out there than I think I've ever seen in my almost 17-year career. And certainly in my reading of history, this is a bad one, and it may continue to be a bad one for another one or two or three years. But 
again, that's usually the time to really be doing your homework and and focusing on what you think are good business franchises and buying them accordingly. So I, I, I would say, have to say the opportunity set now is better than I've ever seen it. Well, well, speaking of homework, um, I know you're out here doing some research uh, in addition to the to the, the great skiing at Whistler. And one of the companies you're going to see is Glacier Media, which uh, I know you're, you, you like a lot. Got hit very hard last year with everything else. Uh, maybe you could just give us an update in anticipation of your meeting. Well, I like the story. It's uh, been kind of a break-even name for us in the three or, or more years that we've owned it now. Um, I, there are legitimate concerns about how a newspaper company is going to do in this environment. But one of the things that I like about the story is that, A, it's well-managed. B, uh, management owns a great deal of the stock. And C, most of their publications are in small-town Western Canada. So, sure, as commodity prices come off, small-town Western Canada may well be hit also, but not likely to be as damaged as, say, a large city newspaper a lot of the people in these smaller towns are somewhat more dependent on that print media and that they also have a, an increasing internet uh, access for their information as well now. So there's a certain defensibility, I would say, to uh, their publications that is different from what you would see with a large city newspaper. So again, it's that sort of defensible niche uh, theme that I like to look uh, for in some of the stocks that we own. And, Will, what does uh, Glacier Media trade at these days? Well, I'm showing it at about six and a half times forward cash flow, and let's call it uh, 14 or so times earnings. And, again, there's a, a, I think I have fairly conservative numbers in that, but the analysts are, these days, are, of course, are all over the map uh, as to what they think uh, this company can earn. But uh, that's sort of my best guess at a reasonable valuation uh, for this company. And over the long term, that should prove to be a relatively cheap valuation for this kind of company. Well, let's touch on one other stock. Uh, Stantec is a big position in the fund. Uh, You bought it well. It's done well. Uh, Give us the background on that one. Well, about a year ago, I would say uh, February of 2008, I was in Edmonton looking at a number of companies and sat down with Tony Franceschini, the, well, the current and I guess soon to be ex-CEO of Stantec as they replaced their chief executive. Uh, outstanding interview. We sort of had a meeting of minds and sort of went on and on for about two hours asking questions of each other, I would say. And I had always known that it was a good company. Uh, the stock had come down significantly from its highs. And that uh, interview sort of solidified my understanding of the company and my my belief and understanding of their business model. Now, Stantec, you could poke all kinds of holes in this if you want to, but here's a company with, I think it's 40, 49 consecutive years of earnings growth uh, and profitability. I think they've had three or maybe four CEOs throughout that entire history. I mean, that's the kind of conservatism and stability of this name. And basically the consulting engineers. And uh, during that interview, I learned that out of what I believe they call 12 practice areas in that sort of 50-year history, at any given time, there's never more than five of those practice areas that have declined. In other words, even in the worst of circumstances, the other seven have been up. 
So, sure, we're facing extraordinary times right now, but here's a company with its diverse sort of consulting portfolio where they're almost always going to benefit from something that's going on in the engineering world. And nowadays, it's I'm almost ashamed to say maybe the... Uh, it's the fashionable theme is that infrastructure spending one way or another is going to happen. If it's stimulus packages or infrastructure bills in the U.S., et cetera, et cetera. So I can't say I've latched onto that alone, but that should very well benefit this company as well as several other practice areas that they participate in as well. Now, it's not as cheap as it was when we um, added to the position. Well, we bought it initially, I think, in April of 08 and added to it in July. The stock has come back from its lows of the September-October time frame, where I think it was down as low as 18 or $19. It's about 27 or 28 now. But still reasonably valued, a solid growth story that is capable of generating cash flow with a, a management team that will continue to perpetuate this company. And I really like what I see there. Well, we focused on some of the, the good ones, but in, in a year like the last year, there's been some real ugly performers for the fund. Easy Home is one for sure that's uh, down, basically halved. Uh, how do you feel about that one now? It's a name I still like. Uh, what they basically do as a business is, is they're a rent-to-own company. So somebody who maybe doesn't have a credit rating who needs furniture or a laptop for school for their kids or maybe a TV or a washing machine would go to an easy home to rent that item rather than purchase it outright from one of the large sort of retail names out there. I I think that's probably a pretty good business model to have in a time of economic recession. You would think that they'd probably, unfortunately, get more customers than less as a result of the economy. So that basic thesis is why we continue to own it. I think it's a pretty well-managed company. They've had a few stumbles in the last number of quarters. I uh, am happy to be patient with them and watch them uh, work some of that out. And, Will, just in general, you've had some good inflows. We've, we're delighted. We've, uh, the, the fund has been growing, uh, so you've been deploying that as, as you go. Uh, and generally, any themes behind what you've been doing in the last few months? Well, we have added one or two names in the last half year, not really much in the last couple of months. And I would say that's because we're basically happy with what's in the portfolio. There are perhaps one or two names that we have to watch closely, but the balance of them, I think, are pretty good businesses. So what we've been doing with the cash is basically picking away at existing names and and happy to hold them. So don't expect to see any major changes in the portfolio. Well, Will, this has been great, a great update. I should remind people that we uh, have a video on the site uh, that you and I did an interview about a year and a half ago that digs into your history and also your philosophy on investing. For for those of you who, who haven't seen that, we encourage you to go there. But I do have one more question before we leave, Will, and that is, uh, given where you've just been for the last couple of days, which do you prefer, Blackcomb or Whistler? I prefer snow, and unfortunately, Whistler and Blackcomb haven't had much of it this year, but it was great getting up there. I, you know, it's funny. I always I, I was staying at uh, uh, the Shadow Whistler, so I was starting out on Blackcomb, but I, maybe it's a reflection of my nature. I, I think I managed to scan pretty much every trail of the 200-plus trails on both mountains and enjoy them all. So um, I'll say uh, I like them both. Thanks, Will, and and thanks for listening. We encourage you to listen to other podcasts that we offer that are available on our site and on iTunes. Thank you.